You are now entering Nowhere, California. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast sites like iTunes by searching Nowhere, California. A reminder, Nowhere, California podcast is our old feed, so please subscribe to Nowhere, California, our new feed. Also, you can get your Nowhere, California fix online by going to our official website, NowhereCalifornia.com, and emailing us at Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Ideas from everywhere, voices from nowhere since 2011. Welcome to Nowhere California Presents Why Not. This time around we are covering the 1993 romantic comedy classic, So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. What? We're not doing any more Robin Williams? Yeah, we discussed this. We finished it up with Hook. Fuck, this is weird. I know. Okay, continue. Carry on, sir. Okay. Uh, well, that little speed bump out of the way. Sorry, sorry. It's I know, just, I know it's a little we've been doing it for a year now, so... Yeah. Uh, but anyways, if you, if you don't know by now, if you haven't seen the movie, check your pulse. We've been doing these disclaimers enough. Seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, fuck you. Uh, we're gonna, there's going to be lots of spoilers ahead. Blah, 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 blah. So, we're going to tell you all about the movie. Blah, blah. Shut the fuck up and watch it. Yeah, we, you give that one. We're still going to be doing these stupid disclaimers. I know we will, just because we, you know, we're, we're trying to promote people to go see the film and things like that, but... Hey, whatever. So Came out in 1993. Suck a fat one. I'm so sick of this anti-spoiler society. This is Josh. This is Nick. And this is Phil. And like the disclaimer said, this is why not. And we're discussing uh, So I Married an Axe Murder. Dude, I can't tell you how excited I am that we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, um, you gotta tell them how this came about. Yeah, when we were coming into February, we were thinking like, we really haven't done really romantic comedies or just romantic crap in general. Yeah. I, I know I can smooth that out a little smooth bit. Out. Romantic crap. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you, you, you have to understand it's coming from the guy who's, you know, was habitually single, single on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Anyways, we, we kind of discussed it a little bit of like what kind of quirky, like under the radar romantic comedy we we're going to have. Yeah. Like, we threw around like Roxanne. Mm-hmm. Great classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Steve Martin. One that definitely went under the radar. Uh, Pyromaniac's love story, mm. which is an interesting flick. Yeah, it's a little darker, but it's—I yeah. mean, it's good. I like it. It, it, it would fit it. in the line. Yeah, absolutely. And then Nick came running with an erection, going, "Let's just get married an axe murder." <laughs> okay, look, they didn't correlate. Okay, this wasn't a correlation between the two. I already had the erection when the idea hit me. <laughs> See, there we go. So there. Exactly. So that's why we're discussing Simon and Axe Murder, so Nick does not run at us with that thing again. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm actually more concerned that all the recordings that we're doing with Ellie, who's only eight months, by the way, uh, we're going to oh. get some sort of fucking call from CPS, or, CPS or some concerned parent group who's like, uh, all of the swearing that you're doing, you know, these are the most impressionable years and all that stuff. Yeah, I want that first word to be fucked. Yeah, or boner. You know? No, I'm kidding. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. Well, that's been always my worry before we do really jump into this is when, oh, yeah. because our other podcast brother in arms does have a kid too, so when we do all these podcastings and talk the way we talk, honestly, this, later it's going to be one of the kids going, fuck. Yes. <laughs> Look, this is the thing. This is the way that I feel about things, okay? <clears throat> I think it was George Carlin who said, language isn't inherently bad. Right. It's people who make it bad. Yeah, there's yeah. no bad words as bad. Don't get me wrong. Bad intentions. We use a lot of colorful language around here, and the reason that word colorful mm-hmm. is the adjective of choice in this in this phrase, in this sentence, is that it adds flavor and color and a lot of brightness to our podcast yeah. and, uh, and what we do. So, if you can handle that, right now going, 
fuck you. Yeah, exactly. There's people going like, you can do it without all the colorful language. Yes, and, and then it would be ten, 10 minutes long and it would fucking suck. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. go ahead. It would fucking suck, yeah. yeah. No, I was going to say, do the fuck you thing again. <laughs> Honestly, it, yeah, there, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, that. We've been doing this for almost four, over four years now. We're getting into our fifth. Right. And if you have an issue with our language, still Yeah, fuck if off. you think the fact that I say fuck or anything like that has any bearing on what type of father I am, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> and with that said, <laughs> on to So I Married an Axe Murderer. All right. <laughs> Yeah, but also, dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So take it away from Nick's passion for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, when we started trying to figure this out, I just recently got movie channels back and everything, and mm-hmm. they were kind of showing. So I married an axe murderer on rotation. Yeah. And I was watching. And I was like, I forgot how awesome this movie was. It it's is- a very under the radar movie. Mm-hmm. Very nineties soaked. <laughs> yes, it is very saturated with nineties, and it's also very saturated with the uh, the kind of stereotypical view of San Francisco and I don't mean like a gay agenda or something no. like that please don't take that from it that would have been a whole different movie what I, yeah, <laughs> what I mean is the coffee house beatniks beatnik poets you know kind of thing but from what I've read that was one of the things that uh, attracted Mike Myers to doing this role and everything in the first place was that he found that the charm of you know doing the, the poetry and the coffee house and all that it was because it seemed like more people attended coffee houses than they did bars yeah, in now, San Francisco. But that was a very, very 90s thing, though, too. Yes, it was. Uh, Starbucks was just really hitting the map. Yeah. Friends was putting it on there with, you know, uh, uh, Central Perk and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So, and we've had, we have our local coffee house around here that I actually mm-hmm. preferred to, uh, uh, you know, go to rather than the trendy Starbucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, uh, yes, very, very 90s saturated and uh, just an awesome film all the it way is. around. It is uh, Mike Myers' first foray into, uh, I believe this is his very first foray into playing dual roles in a film. Yeah. But um, I guess before we really jump into that. Yeah, before that, I get all crazy into this fucking topic. Let's jump I love into it. the budget real quick. Which still doesn't shut me up because I have the budget here and I will say it. Uh, believe it or not, this movie in 1993 was only a $20 million budget. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you think about some of the images and the scenes and stuff like that, it was just... Very basic. Alcatraz, uh, a police precinct, hotels, uh, coffee houses, a butcher so shop, and all... the interior of, of a home. So you can only imagine that the budget probably went to a lot of co- uh, contracts. Uh, I, You know what? I honestly, I, I don't know. I, because a lot of the, the comedians, which we'll cover here, you know, Phil's going to tell us here in a second, this really kind of star-studded film, uh, I I think a lot of these guys were a lot more about the craft as opposed to the cash. That's right. Did you happen to check out the box office? I haven't seen the box office take. Uh, How about we do this? We'll step a little bit out of our... out of our normal zone, we'll let Phil go into the uh, the, yeah the crew, the cast. the cast, and all that stuff. And while okay. he's doing that, I'll look up what uh, what they grossed total. So uh, who was who directed this? Uh, the director was uh, Thomas Schlam. Is it Schlammy? Schlam? S C H L A M M E Schlam. I'll say Sham. Shlami? Shlami. Shlam? Shlam? If we're murdering the shadows, we're sorry, but... Yeah, hey, man. what else has Tom done? Well, let's see. That would be on the right hand here, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, the West Wing. Uh, so I Married an Axe Murder. Sports Night. Uh, Rowan Atkinson. The Americans. So he Man- did a lot of TV. Oh, the Americans. That's a great TV yeah. series. Yeah. Man- Manhattan. Murder mm-hmm. in the First. Frontier. Uh, Pan Am. Uh, Mr. Sunshine. Parenthood. So a lot of TV shows that bombed. Yeah. 
Captain Cooks. Oh my gosh! Invasion. Ouch! Jackie Bobby, The West Wing. Yeah. Sports. Okay, and then the, the, well, there's, there's some like actually really big hit shows there, like uh, mm-hmm. The West Wing. Yeah. And everything like that, but then you point out like Mr. Sunshine, some stuff, and kind of didn't, yeah, exactly. Go. Uh, written by Robbie Fox, who is known for uh, playing for keeps in the army now. Oh, uh, that sh- classic. Shooting Elizabeth, um, and uh, well, that's about it. Oh my gosh, yeah, they're, she's not known for much. Oh, uh, her acting credits. Oh, uh, I owe my life. Monster Heroes. And directed the Great O'Grady. So stuff you don't know. No, it's it's uh, very basic stuff though. Very basic. Okay, on to the uh, cast. Okay, of course we have Mike Myers yep. as Charlie McKenzie slash Stuart McKenzie. Stuart McKenzie. Good night, Dad. Bye, Mr. McKenzie. Fine, go. You've stayed your hour. McKenzie, thank you. And how you're talking about this is possibly like one of the first times he did like the dual roles, right? Yeah. And honestly, thinking about it now, I, I believe it is the first time. Well, I, what I love about this Stuart McKenzie, it's the birth of Fat Bastard and Shrek. Well, you know, yeah, but I, he's he's Irish. He's got some Scottish. Well, it's the, it's the Scottish. He's you know uh, uh, Mike Myers is Scottish. He's a Canadian actor, but he's a Scottish family. Scottish. Yeah. Um, and. He patterned Stuart, you know, uh, the father, after his own real eccentric yeah. father. So I think we have, you know, his father to thank for Shrek and for Stuart and for Fat Bastard as well. So yeah, I, I you know, I think that kind of, his father. And, and I, oh my God! If you've ever talked, uh, ever talked, good God! If you've ever if spoken you ever to, shut up! <laughs> I know I'm sorry. I give you so much shit, and then all of a sudden I get all tongue tied. Uh, if you've ever spoken to. A uh, real passionate Scotsman, or one who's you know kind of you know very proud and you know or whatever. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, you barely can understand uh, the word they're saying. That's not very true, sir. Yeah, I, I can understand that quite well, unless they're from Glasgow. That's exactly. That's that's. Yeah, there's a lot of abbreviations, and they but know also it. Too, we know with the 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 design for Stewart too. You can all. Also look back at his SNL time too, because he did do some Scottish. Yes, oh god, dude! One of the one of the best skits they ever did on SNL with that was uh, the All Things Scottish. Yes, did you ever see that? Where it's Scottish as crap. Where they <laughs> where they'd open the door to the to the the store and it would go <laughs> like the, yeah, but it was in bagpipes, you yes. know, or, or it would it'd play a little bit of. Uh, you know the Scottish fanfare and, and uh, national anthem, but yeah, that was the you know welcome to all things Scottish. Where our motto is: if it's not Scottish, it's, it's crap. crap. Yeah, it's oh. crap. This is where I learned to do my yeah. You you told yes. us a little bit about that. I've learned. I I, I really kind of worked on a Scottish accent, and I can translate it pretty well to stage and stuff like that. But Mike Myers was the one who pushed me in that direction because of awesome. this film and then when I saw it move into Fat Bastard which is just such a lovable character <laughs> oh, yeah. and then uh, you know also seeing it with Shrek which is also a family lovable character yes. so uh, yeah this this is where I got it so anyway I'm sorry for interrupting you Phil continue no, no, on didn't interrupt. this is what I mean I brought well, this I, I love I, this cast I brought it up no I, I love the cast too we also of course have Nancy Travis as Harry Potter yeah. the most brutal to one person might be totally reasonable to somebody else so yeah. hot in this movie. God, yeah. she was and, so cute. Oh, I know this guy. I could never pronounce his last name. Now. Anthony, Anthony Lapaglia. Lapaglia, thank yeah. you. Or Lapaglia. Uh, as yeah. as uh, Tony Tony Giardino. The, yeah, Tony Giardino. Yeah, he's he's the the cop. Yeah, the, the good, bored yeah. cop that yeah. wants to be more like uh, Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. Yeah, but in all my times as a cop, I've never, I've never like chased a guy across a crowded city square. 
I've never, I've never hung on to that part of the helicopter. You know that part underneath the thing where it lands? And of course we have Amanda Plummer. Which we Rose. spoke about during uh, the oh, Garp episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rose, uh, Rose uh, Michaels. In uh, Garp and also Fisher King. Uh, Fisher yes. King, yes. Play sister to... Uh, uh, plays Rose. Yeah, yeah she, Rose, she Rose plays Michaels. Rose Michaels in this. And thanks for the... Oh, Brenda Fricker. That's uh, that's uh, May Mackenzie. That's the pigeon lady from Home Alone too, right? Yes, yeah. It's yeah. Like that. That's where I really mostly know her from. Yeah, uh, we were watching a clip earlier, and Phil's like, "Pigeon lady." It's the pigeon lady. Yeah. <laughs> she cracks me up in oh. this movie. You Sherry's late. Uh, mom. Sherry and I broke up. Not Sherry. I like Sherry. Yeah, she just takes Stewart shit with so with such yeah. a. You know, she knows how to handle him, but it's just well, hilarious. Yeah. To not jump too quickly ahead, but also okay. to, we'll, we'll get to it because it's a pivotal point in the movie. She takes a lot of shit from Stewart, but then there's the scene in the anniversary party where it so he explains it all. So touching, uh, yes. She takes all of his shit, but still. There's so much love there. Yeah, there is. Love that. Uh, yeah, so, anyway. There's, uh, there's Matt Dory uh, as Heed. Heed! 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 Paper! No! Let Melanie get us and get the paper if you can. I love that. Uh, yeah, uh, if, if you don't know that name, that's... Uh, <laughs> I can't think of the character's name, but he's from uh, uh, the Mighty Ducks. He's from the Mighty Ducks. He's yeah. from a laundry list of stuff. Yeah. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. You're right. And then also, too, as of this recording this weekend when we hit the Long Beach Comic Con. Yes, he will be there. He will be there. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So we'll have to, one, talk to him, and two, not call him head. The entire time. He down. <laughs> right. Uh, because he probably gets that shit a lot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he better take it like a shot in the face. He better love it every every bit of it. I'm, there's no fucking way that I'm not going to look at that guy and go, He, paper, no! Move that millions and get the paper if you can't. I'm not gargantuan cranium about. I'm not kidding. That boy's head's like Sputnik. Spherical, but quite pointy in parts. Well, that was offside, wasn't it? He'll, He'll be, be crying, crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. pillow. <laughs> uh, there's also a Charles Grodin, commandeered driver. Uh, that's the father from Beethoven. That's right. From Heart and Soul. The very deadpan comedy. Great. Clifford, yeah. A very underrated movie. He's a very great comedic actor. Yeah, I love him. Business. Very dry. Just that kind of... No. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. He's in the film. He's the one that uh, Tony tries to commandeer his car. Yeah. And he's like, I need this car. It's police business. And he goes, no. What do you mean, no? I happen to know for a fact that you don't have the right to commandeer my vehicle. Please, can I commandeer this vehicle? No. You're just, you're just not going to bend on this commandeering thing, are you? You can't. He's yeah. so funny. Oh, man. Yeah. That, that, that's hilarious. Okay. And, of course, we have Phil Hartman. As Ranger John Johnson. But everyone here calls me Vicky. I love Vicky. He's, he's great. He's the best. Oh. God, I love Phil Hartman in this movie. Oh, <laughs> my God. The yeah, ocular nerves. Seriously, just the the way... <laughs> you know, Phil, Phil, Phil Hartman could play that part where he would talk real slow. It's a terrible Phil Hartman, but it was just kind of that whole... Hello, honestly, welcome to the Alcatraz tour. You know, that sort of... Uh, he's, he's a guy I like to go, it's like... And it's... Right, he welcome. emotes... He emotes with his voice and his eyes uh -huh. and everything, and it, he just... Uh, we, we were welcome to the Museum of Tolerance. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he can sell anything. Now, Good. the next one you're about to say, I think. Oh, go right. ahead. Oh, uh, uh, Debbie Mazur? 
Okay, no, but we'll talk. We'll we'll touch on that. We talked about character actors in the past. Oh yeah, Deb, we mentioned Debbie Mazer. This is another one of those films that she's in where she plays kind of that mm-hmm. uh, stereotypical Italian girl. Oh yeah, uh, this she isn't. She very much seems like the Italian girl from the East Coast who's migrated to the West Coast. Exactly. She's you know Tony's girlfriend in this. She's only and, in that one scene. Yeah, she's she? only in one scene, but she's extremely charming. It's and great. She's, yeah, it's and a memorable she's. Scene. <laughs> she's she's played off in this one as dumb as a box of rocks. Oh, that's um, but she does it with just like you can clearly tell Tony's with her not for the brains but for the boobs. Uh, you know, and she you know for the for the smoking good looking woman that she is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm sorry. Continue on. Oh, I will stop you when I get to the one that you're talking oh, about. Are you talking about Stephen Wright? I am talking about Stephen Wright. Oh my God! If you His people, delivery, yeah. oh God! If you've never had a chance to see him live. Uh, a oh lot of his God, stuff is based on neuroses and uh-huh. you know psychological delivery. stuff, and his delivery is just mm-hmm. like he's just perpetually depressed. I've got a lot of these. And he's so he's so hilarious. Good. This is one of my favorites, right? Yeah. He goes, I spilled spot remover on my dog. Now he's gone. Yeah. Uh, yes. And I like where he goes, I'm thinking about getting a tattoo of myself all over my body. of uh, A tattoo all over my body of myself, only taller. Yeah. 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 I, I love that one. <laughs> and you know, look, uh, like his TV career, his time on Mad About You, a yeah. show that kind of hit and miss, but seeing Stephen Wright on that show was amazing. It's hard to incorporate him into certain scenes. Oh, yeah. They have to be short and sweet, and in this movie, they do that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays the pilot who flies Tony <laughs> in, the storm. Storm. Yeah. in the storm at night uh-huh. up the coastline to the hotel that, that Charlie is staying at with his new bride. Oh. Um, <laughs> he goes, wait, what's that right there? And he's like, that's the artificial horizon. <laughs> it's not quite like the real horizon. You know, like, I don't remember the exact line, but he's like, you know, <laughs> that's that's the actual horizon right there. And this is that. And then he just, in the middle of it, when they're flying at night, he goes, <laughs> and he's like, dude, man, wake up, wake up, wake up. And he's like, oh, wow, I was having this amazing dream. You know, and he goes, it's so funny. It's such a great moment, you know, because you have... You put somebody like him, who is so Valium, just Valium loaded, you know, like Uh he's just ambient, you know, like he's going to put you to sleep. (laughs) You put him into that wall with somebody who's so paranoid they're flying in a storm and he's your pilot. Hey, listen, how long is it going to take us to get there? Shouldn't take very long. Actually, I have no concept of time. Jesus, is this dangerous? No. Well, you know, there's chance in everything. Look, I don't want to get too personal or anything, but you've done this before, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You do this all the time. I've never done it at night. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love this. No, Stephen Wright's so good. And that's that's what I mean about this. You know, the fact that we have Charles Grodin, the fact that we, you know, that we have... Uh, you know, the fact that we have Stephen Wright, the fact that... Sorry, we also Mr. have uh, Patrick uh, Bristol. Oh, Ed yes! Bristol, yeah. Yes! I mean, he, he was very quick in this movie, but very memorable. The Cafe Rhodes performer, right? Yes, he's the... Uh, the I, I want to say he's the... Yeah, he's the redhead at the beginning who's on stage before Charlie goes up. Yeah. Uh, when they're doing the introductory stuff and, and all of that, and he they bring out that... You know, I ordered a large... Hello! Uh, the giant bowl of cappuccino that Charlie gets in the beginning, so... Uh, 
anyway, to kind of backtrack, I found out what the Box domestic take was. was it? And I heard the ouch. Yeah. <laughs> the domestic take. Okay, the movie was made for $20 million, which really isn't a whole lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the domestic take was only uh, $11.59 million. Well, that's the funny thing. And this is a true why not. No, no, it is. Now, I think this is one of those ones that found a... Cult following. Yes, my, my daughter's going to bang stuff in the background, so bear with me here. Uh, this, I think, not only found a cult following, but I think it found a much better home on the home market. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, DVD and VHS. Well, that, the term that everybody uses is it's Second Life on VHS, Second yes. Life on DVD. Yes. Well, it is one of those popcorn flicks. No, uh, it, it very is, much it, is. Yeah, it, it, um, the thing is, I don't think people really appreciated the humor. Well, here's, uh, I, yeah. here's why. I think, I think that it's mislabeled. Because oh. if you look it up under genres, if you look up what it's under, you won't find it under romantic comedy. You yeah. find it under dark comedy. That's right. And I don't really agree with that. Yeah, no, yes, there's, yes, there's a, uh, the funny theme about the, 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 the murder portion yeah, the of it. Yeah, there's in there. There's a little bit of the, you know, the, the murder mystery sort of thing. But it's not dark nobody dies in the film. Mm-hmm. Nobody kills over in the film. There's already dead people. You're just trying to figure out if... She is who she is. Well, I think I've got an explanation for that. You say, you know, he's like, it's not a dark comedy, right? Right. Well, that's because I think uh, So I Married an Axe Murder might be the first of its kind. Well, you know, of its own little genre. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's quirky, it's ridiculous, but the thing is, it doesn't really quite fit into the dark comedy like uh, War of the Roses or anything like that. Exactly, but also too, that's exactly it. Like you mentioned, War of the Roses, mm-hmm. dark comedies back in that time. All those many, many years ago yes. of 93, which is many years ago, uh-huh. dark comedy had a certain slant to it. was like War of the Roses and everything like that. And then they make Sorry, Mary and Axe Murder and go, oh, there's murder in the title, so this has to be a dark comedy. No. Which, you look at dark comedies now, example, Deadpool. There you go. That's a dark comedy. Right. But, I mean, that's still tongue-in-cheek comedy. When I think dark comedies, I think of Death to Smoochie. Right. I, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, uh, that's another one. Well, that another one that came out in the 90s, uh, um, Shakes the Clown. Shakes the Clown. Shakes the Clown with Bobcat Goldthwait. Be Cool is uh, kind of a dark comedy, isn't it? Be Cool? Be Cool? I would say that that kind of... Are you talking Travolta and Uma Thurman? Yeah. Okay. I, I would okay. say that that falls into the dark, uh, the dark ca- uh, comedy. Yeah. Shorty, which are... Which, again, yeah, those are 90s flicks that, that were... Very much, yeah. You know, they uh, find it falls right smoothly into the dark comedy. I'm starting to think Danny DeVito maybe invented dark comedy. Well, Danny DeVito shines in that stuff. He's a pioneer. He's just absolutely shines. You see him now, like on uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Uh You'd never think he would want to go back to a TV show after Taxi. They approach him for Sunny in Philadelphia, and he has a field day with that show. And he does tremendous on it too. What's really funny? I was uh, watching, you know, Taxi, you know, again recently. Mm -hmm. My God, that's just. Yeah, I could see why he's so. That man's just so awesome. Yeah, yeah he really, great. he really is. Uh, Transcends. Yeah. Yes, he's a fantastic person. And by the way, uh, had a chance to meet him at Comic Con. Yeah, he is. Uh, and when he and Rio Promo were still together, uh, both of them. They are actually still together. Abs- are they back together? Yeah, did they reconcile? Yes. Yes, they did. They just took a year. A year oh, that's fucking they beautiful. They are back together. I love them I together. I love those yeah. two. When I met them at Comic-Con, they were promoting some sort of horror movie, I believe it was. And they were one of the sweetest couples I have ever seen together. And they would joke with you. Like, I was like, hey, I'm like, hey, beautiful, how's it going? And she's like, oh, and I'm like, I was talking about Danny. <laughs> and she goes, this son of a bitch. You know? 
Danny's like, you know, don't, don't act like I don't get that all the time. You know, and so no, it's just, and then literally, you put them on top of each other, and they're, they're a six-foot-two person. They're so tiny. I know. They're both they're so cute. tiny, but they're, they're they are the, they're, they're professional, and they're nice, and they're approachable, and I've, yeah, I just, I can't sing enough praises, but to get us back on track with all to do of this stuff. I love our freeway traffic. I love how we just jump around and... Oh yeah, we just we'll take whatever off ramp and go down whatever it's lane we feel like, and we always find our way back to the road. Oh, of course, exactly. it's always interconnected in some. Other yes, way. yeah, but to but it is to, a genre of itself. Yes, right? it is. It really it kind of. Uh, I think it, it's one of those ones that slips between mm-hmm. the the walls of confinement. There is a little bit of slapstick in there too, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. There's, 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 yeah. A, there's a lot. I'm in trying there. to recall. Uh, yeah. So. I guess to just jump yeah, right Yeah, to, to in. get right into it, you know, we, we open on uh, the, coffee the coffee house. house the coffee yeah. house itself. Right. And, um, and the great uh, soundtrack. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This is one of my favorite soundtracks, by the way. <laughs> As um, I said, reeks of 90s. It wasn't reeking of 90s back then because it was the 90s. Still. Right. But you look at it now, it's like, wow. <laughs> so, kind of dates it, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely dates it, but not in like that bad way of, oh, wow, that we listened to that crap. No, it's it's. Very, I remember from the song is There She Goes, but I just don't remember the... The name of the band. What? I don't remember the band. Are you fucking kidding me? You don't remember the Boo Radleys? Who does? Okay, good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was originally recorded in 1967 by the Velvet Underground, and then followed up later on a few years later by Sixpence and None the Richer. It was also done by the Laws on David Letterman. But also, too, who the hell are the Boo Radleys? <laughs> in that mix. Fuck you! <laughs> and if the Boo Radleys are listening... That was Nick helping, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I love this song. This song's awesome. This is one of the most romantic songs mm-hmm. because it really describes any guy's interaction with um, somebody that you find that's just beautiful and absolutely stunning. And, and you've seen her a few times, you know, and it's, there, there she goes, there she goes again. Yeah. You know Racing what? through my brain. The, the hair. <laughs> and yeah. So yeah, uh, it opens on the, on the Boo Radleys. Uh, playing as much grief as I give them the songs from. There she goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as there, as the camera is following the, it, it's from the point of view of the waiter or waitress, waitress. who's about to serve the, the gigantic. Oh, it follows the the, co- the cup, the bowl, if you want to call it, of cappuccino. The, but it follows it where they're washing it and they're doing all that stuff and they get it all clean and then that they, was a, kind of a weird sanitizing thing. Well, that's but that's industrial, you know. That's industrial cleaning, real quick. They they you know snip and snap and get it in and out. It's also coffee house, so it's not exactly like they're taking plates of like right, ribs or right, something. Right, right, right. Okay, let's so do they this. wash it up yeah. real quick. They fill it with the cappuccino. They take it over and they bring it to Charlie McKenzie, and who's you know sitting there listening to other beat poets and stuff doing their thing, and, and there there he's. Excuse me, miss. There seems to be a mistake. I believe I ordered the large cappuccino. Hello. <laughs> Look at the size of this thing. Practically a bowl. It's like Campbell's Cup Ocino. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, and then we we get him talking, you know, a little bit, and they said, let's bring up one of uh, you know, about to call Charlie McKenzie up on the stage, you know, the uh, you know, one of our favorites here at Cafe Rhodes. Yep, see, it's one of Ellie's favorites as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Cafe Rhodes, and they bring up Charlie McKenzie, and he's doing a poet, uh, a poem or a poetry reading that he does all the time for all of the women that he's broke up yeah, with. Yeah, as I say, the key thing is yes, post breakup. It's just voice cordial immunity, right? And so you'll find out after the poem, which I'm really hoping that we'll have the audio for one of these poems in there, which I'm sure we will. Which is the the woman. Woman. 
Woman. Woman. She was a thief. You gotta believe. She sold my heart and my cat. Yeah. Yeah, see? It's so good. One of my favorite lines in the poems that he does is that. Yeah. Past couple of Daddy. Robert Williams stuff, they they got the yeah. little mix yeah, in. Yeah, I got yeah, my yeah, that was did. fun. You that did. was fun. You guys, you guys nailed Betty, that. That was great. Judy. Jody Josie and those, those pussy, pussy cats. No. Josie and those hot pussy cats. No. Uh, Josie. Josie and those pussy cats. Jo- but it's Josie and, and those pussy. pussy cats. Those hot pussy cats. Oh, fuck, you're a liar. Oh you God. look that up, son. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Josie and but the next line is, girls of cartoons will leave me in ruins. Betty, that's it. Betty. Yeah, Betty, I want to be your Bonnie. Jane, get me off get me this, off this crazy, crazy thing, thing <laughs> called love. I'm going to piss myself. And then he blows out the candle. <laughs> And then we get to meet Tony for the first time, too. Fuck yeah. And so, he has Huggy Bear gear. Yeah, God, dude. He, yeah, and he's like, you look like Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch. It's the pimp from Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. Uh, for you millennials, uh, Huggy Bear was played in the horrific movie uh, by Snoop Dogg. Yeah. And, so uh, we'll just go yeah. check out the TV series, uh, Starsky and Hutch. Yes, that's, you'll get to see the real Huggy Bear there. Yeah, not but this is where he starts busting his, you know, Charlie's balls a little bit. Tony's busting his, his balls about the girls that he's broke up with. Yeah. And he's like, why did you break up with her? She stole my cat. Yeah. Well, what about this one? She smelled she like smelled soup. soup. <laughs> she smelled exactly like Campbell's minestrone soup. You know? And, so, and honestly, that is a deal breaker. It's, uh, I never liked that soup. What are you talking about, dude? I would have been licking her all day long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I so, so up for that one. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we, we get him discussing. We find out really early on that Charlie has a commitment problem. He's a commitment phobe. He's terrified of marriage. Yeah. When you meet his parents a little later on, find out why. you kind of understand why. Mm-hmm. But again, there's a lot of love in their family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's Scottish love. It's Yes, it is. It's Scottish not love. Being, not being a bastard towards Scottish, because I don't think any Scottish person will do, disagree, probably. You're looking at one right here, yeah. sir. Well, you're I am die of the Davidson clan of the Scottish Highlands, and my family's from Aberdeen, Scotland, so... Gilmore. <laughs> Scottish and Irish. Ah, so one of those. my family's fucked. Right. <laughs> well, that's, well, why Al was, that's why Alcohol was invented, so the Irish and the Scots didn't take over the planet. Yes. No, no wonder he could hold his liquor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So anyhow, they uh, you know they, they go into the discussion about his love life and all yeah. that, and they said, "Are we still doing you know uh, uh, dinner right. at your parents' house?" Yeah. And uh, yeah, 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 tomorrow evening, you know, whatever, same time. We get to the butcher shop first, right? Because he wants to surprise his parents with a haggis. Because that's what you do with your Scottish parents is <laughs> now, surprise them with a freaking stuffed stomach. <laughs> in 1993, <laughs> it probably was still okay mm-hmm. for you to get haggis. Now it's very difficult for you to get haggis in the United States. You can't get one just made because it's basically a sheep stomach stuffed with barley and rice and other seasonings and things like that. I will go on record and tell you it's fucking delicious. I've always it wanted smells to try. like wet balls <laughs> that have been dried in like cornmeal. It's I've always wanted to try haggis. I'll be I'll put that on. <laughs> Phil's dying. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
How can something smell like that and taste good? Because normally things Ask smell my wife. like that. <laughs> oh, you're killing me! But back to our introduction to Nancy Travis. Right, right. The beautiful Nancy, beautiful Nancy Travis. As Harriet, uh, he sees her in a Dutch girl outfit. Yeah, standing outside trying to crank the awning. Up. That's the second time he sees her. What was the first one? What? It was the initial pickup of the haggis, and he's just like. Hi. No, because he he passes by the first time. Okay, yeah. And doesn't go in there, and she's cranking. That's when she's yeah, cranking. Yeah, she's in the, the Dutch girl outfit. Yeah, she's in the yeah she's in the Dutch girl outfit with little pigtails and all that stuff, and she's cranking the thing. And she works at a place called uh, Meats of, of the World, and uh, <clears throat> so he he kind of passes by and he raises up his sunglasses and looks at her passing by in his Carmen Gia, which if you listen to our uh, if you listen to our Deadpool coverage uh, that we do. There's a game that we're going to play oh. in there. And at the end of uh, one of the things that we gave in the, uh, in the game was sneakers. Oh, we yeah. said sneakers. There's a little fun fact. I'm going to throw it out early here on this okay. movie. Uh, the Carmen Ghia that Charlie drives <laughs> is the same one that Robert Redford drives in the movie Sneakers. Oh, sweet. Uh, I think like a year prior, a year earlier, yeah. Yeah. a few years later, something, whatever it is. So it it's the exact same. Umbrella. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. Recycling props. <laughs> yes, yes. So anyway, so he passes uh, the lovely, lovely Harriet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, finally works his way around to... Uh, Getting his butt in there to get some haggis. Yes. <laughs> so he goes in there and he, he says, uh, you know, can I, I, still, I, can I get a haggis? Do you know any place that has haggis? Uh, I know places. Yes, actually, I do. Um, there's. I don't know if they sell it in that large well, I, I wanna, quantity. I would just want to try. Okay, something. there's a canned one that you can get that you can cook like uh, uh, on a skillet and things like that at a place called Blanford's. Okay. Okay, it's down the hill. I'll be glad to take you there. They they te- they do uh, uh, kilt uh, classes. They teach you how to make kilts and stuff like that. Um, they actually have a lady that's in there. I think she's in her 80s, and she's one of the last people on the uh, on earth, really, that makes kilts without using any kind of pleats. Oh. Where I mean, well, she uses the pleats, but she doesn't use a shit ton of pins to do so <laughs> and to hold it into place. Traditional. Yes, kilt. she really does it, and that's where the the term the whole nine yards comes from is with oh, your kilt. Definitely, it's usually like, nine yards of fabric. Or something, we're gonna have to go there. Cool. It's it's a wonderful place. They have a lot of stuff. That's where I found out my okay. Scottish heritage, and they can look up your <coughs> genealogy a bit there. But they also rent out different things for your you know Scottish stuff. But they have haggis there. They also have Scottish shortbread, which has made me fatter than fuck over the years. Cool. Uh, it's, it's just butter, sugar, and milk. I think is all in your flour or something like that. It's just it's the simplest fucking recipe, but it just doesn't taste right. You know, with it just it's it's got to be done just right. It's a real flaky, buttery, yum yum cookie. Oh wow! So uh, now that I've had my fat moment, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, you can get haggis there. We'll awesome. have to go. We'll, 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 have to we'll give that. it a try and we'll report back. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do a video. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, Anyhow, it moves forward into their first dinner with the parents. And the dulcet tones of... The Bay City Rollers! Don't you fucking disparage. Don't you <laughs> no, disparage. I love the damn song. That's right. I'm not going to try to sing it again because I'm going to butcher the damn spell. Me and the Boo Radleys are going to beat your ass. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y Night S-A-T-U-R They show them dancing around the fucking house. We get our first reveal of... Yes. Mike Myers as as Stuart Stuart McKenzie McKenzie uh, <laughs> dusting off the Scottish Wall of Fame yes uh, <laughs> forgot about the fucking Scottish Wall of Fame <laughs> uh, okay so just basically seeing the home life of his parents he's just a huge Scottish patriot 
Uh, and they're sitting down to watch uh, a soccer game yeah. between Scotland and America. I don't remember the it, other. Scot- Scotland and America, it's a friendly game as we will go a little bit more into okay. trivia because they do actually talk about the game in trivia. Do they? Okay. So, uh, and that's, you know, that's where we meet his mother, uh, May. Yeah. May um, McKenzie. Yeah, May McKenzie. And we get our first glimpse at William McKenzie, his his little brother. Okay. Uh, they really never said anything about his him being his little brother at all. It was just kind of he's there. Well, yeah, he he's there. I just assume it's his little brother. That's because he's you know he's he looks like he's you know mid teens maybe yeah. maybe like young teens kind of thing when he does the film and um, just that poofy Afro red yeah. set of hair. Ed. Yeah, and it's right off the bat, it's, William, move your head, you know, that kind of thing. But Tony sits down to talk with the dad. Uh, Charlie comes in, brings a haggis, and gives it to his mom. She's like, oh, I haven't seen one of these in years. He says, I hate them, but your father will gladly eat it. You know, and so she opens it up and is like, oh, God, oh. And (laughs) And it kind of shows the relationship, though, because... Charlie goes off with his mom in the kitchen. Right. As his dad's giving him grief in the living room. Right. Uh, Try with it, bros. Yeah. <laughs> Go on in there, girly man. And I'll have later on, I'll like, give your mother a kiss and I'll kick your teeth in. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. It's okay. So he goes in and he talks to his mom, and we find out that she reads the world news. But as she put it, to the paper. Hey, mom, I find it interesting that you refer to the weekly world news as the paper. The paper contains facts. This paper contains facts, and this paper has the eighth highest circulation in the whole wide world. She's like, "There's facts in here, like this, you know." And so it's running down. Juice tight. Yes, uh, which is on their fridge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so it's an eccentric, she, eccentric yes, family. She just she reads and believes the tabloids, and I've known people like that. I've known people that'll do that. Reasonable fucking people who are like, "This has got to be true." There's got to be an ounce There's of truth to this. Boy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so she starts talking, you know, about different stuff, and she refers to, you know, she talks to him about his love life. Yeah, finding out that he just recently broke up with. I can't remember Sarah. Her name. Yeah, we'll say what, Sarah. Uh, so he, he breaks up with you know with his girlfriend. It's like, you know, mom, why are you gonna give me so much grief? And it's like, well, why shouldn't I? Why why would I make it easy on you? You were good together, and you know that, you know, and and so she. She busts his balls a little bit and then talks about, you know, hearing the paper and all this stuff and the horoscopes and different things. And he's, that's where he busts her balls a little. And you find out that uh, it's like, you know, well, what about this? Mrs. X, who marries and kills. She's like the Black Widow. She kills everyone she marries. You know, like there was the Russian martial, Russian martial arts experts. And the, the you know, from Atlantic the plum, City. Yeah, the, well, there's the Ralph the Plumber and then there's the lounge singer from, from Atlantic, Atlantic City. City yeah. And uh, who could sing... Only, you, uh, and only six, you in six, six or seven different languages years. or something like that. So, uh, you know, they, they kind of make light of it. And then that's where we really get to see the introduction between, uh, you know, Tony and Stuart mm-hmm. when they're talking about... Well, it's a well-known fact, Sonny Jim, that there's a secret society of the five wealthiest people in the world known as the Pentaverit, mm. who run everything in the world, including the newspapers, and meet tri-annually at a secret country mansion in Colorado known as the Meadows. So who's in this Pentaverit? The Queen, the Vatican, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders before he went tits up. Oh, I hated the colonel with his wee beady eyes. 
and that smug look on his face. Oh, you're going to buy my chicken. Oh. Dad, how can you hate the Colonel? Because he puts an addictive chemical in his chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly smart arse. Interesting. And at that very moment, Stuart whips his fucking head over, like looks over his shoulder, like, you son of a bitch. Just <laughs> glares at him. It is one of the best exchanges. And it's between the same person. Oh, that's good. It's so fucking funny. It shows the brilliance of I Mike Myers. I can't believe that Mike Myers can play so well off his goddamn self. Oh, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's unbelievable. You you get some really wonderful moments from Stewart when he when he walks it later on. You know, we'll, we'll get a little ahead to this, but when when he walks out in his fucking underwear and his shirt, and he's got on socks, uh, sock garters. So yeah. around his knees, he's got the garters on that are holding his socks up. And he comes walking out all. Yeah, Like, just swagger and stuff like that. And he puts his hand on Harriet's shoulder. And she grabs him and fucking, you know. Does, arm bars. Yeah, him. arm bars the shit out of him. And, you know, and he's like, oh, she's a fairy. I like her. You know, that kind of thing. But there's also that moment where he says to her, so Charlie tells us you're a bitcher. And she goes, what? What? the fuck? Uh, and she goes, a butcher! And then he, oh, a butcher! Yes, yeah. yes, I'm a butcher. Oh. Back to what I was talking about earlier about fuck. some accents. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's so good. But, you know what, it's one of these films where, yes, he is the major comic relief in this film, but you have wonderful moments with, uh, uh, with Charlie and Tony that are just as funny, and uh, some great scenes between Charlie and Harriet. Oh, They're yeah. really, really funny as well, too. And that's also where you get the introduction of characters like Phil Hartman. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and Rose. Uh, yes, and Rose. Who, you know, like when she asks him the next morning, like, you had, you know, it, you guys had sex, didn't you? Uh, hello. Oh, well, in the initial introduction to Rose, Charlie's walking around the house kind of going, Oh, in the oh, shower, okay, yeah. Where, where's Harry? And then he notices the see-through shower, which is interesting. Goes up there to jump in with who he thinks is Harriet, and then it's uh, her sister Rose. Yes. <laughs> so just an awkward introduction right there. Yeah, he's like, whoa, I thought was somebody else was dying! Yeah, and runs out real quick. I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, oh, so. And then she offers breakfast and everything. And yeah, she says, how would you like, you know, some... Silver dollar pancakes. Silver dollar pancakes, some cornico something or other. You know, they all this really exotic stuff, and then she's like, I'm sorry, we didn't have any of these. And so, she's pouring him a bowl of Fruit Loops. Yeah. <laughs> or tricks or whatever it no, was. No, it's Fruit Loops. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... <clears throat> You know, it, it jumps forward to uh, the well for any romantic comedy, mm-hmm. depending on depending on the the story frame and everything. It leads to um, Charlie starting to get cold feet. Well, before the before the cold feet, he kind of puts himself out there, yeah, and goes to the goes to the shop where she works, you know, to talk to her a little bit more, and she swamped. And he, you know, he says something like, well, my uncle, you know, did this or whatever, you know, you want some help? And they're like, yeah, sure. So they get behind the counter and he kind of, he helps her throughout the day, you know, cutting up meat and stuff like that. And then we get his improv skills. Oh, God. Yeah. A uh, trivia bit that we'll get to. Yeah, we'll get later. to a little bit later on. But, uh, you know, some great scenes where he's, he's got bits of meat. He's pulled his arm back into his sleeve and he's got some meat hanging out of there and he walks up to the first lady he sees and he's like, mom, the there's nurse. an accident. Yeah. <laughs> mom, there's. Can you get the nurse? There was an accident in shop, and she's and he's like touching. And he's like, ah, f- ah, f- oh, you know, and the lady freaks out, and then slicing the bacon, just trying. Yeah, he's looking all sexy. Dry oh, humping the oh. meat cutter, and then the uh, where he's massaging the 
the, the side of beef, and he's punching it and going, and all the customers are looking like, what the hell? Who the hell is this guy Yeah. this So they do the whole thing, and they close up, and then they, you know, they're like, they have their first date. You know, sort of thing. They go down That was before Menino Rose. What's that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're just backtracking. But I was talking about the, yes, as funny as Stewart is. Yeah. He's not the only ha-ha to this film. Yeah, exactly. Well, you uh, get the awkwardness. It's of, not a one-trick pony. Yeah, you get the awkwardness of Charlie doing it. Right. Hey, you're hot. They're down around, uh, you know, the wharf and all that stuff, and they're they're having a hot dog, and they're they're talking. And so, you know, he asks her, name something... Evil. Name something that you've done that's evil. Like, it's... Or that, that's evil. That's so evil, it would, it would be called evil. <laughs> and so... Like, he goes, he asks, she goes, well, like, what? So he's asking a few different things, and one of the things he asked was, <clears throat> well, who was the last person you brutally murdered? And she goes, well, brutal, brutal. brutal is a subjective word. Mm-hmm. What's brutal to you may be completely normal to somebody yeah. else. Maybe justified. And then she takes a bite out of her hot dog and walks on, and he's like, <sighs> should I be turned on right Yeah. Now? <laughs> so, there's that, and then they're walking along, and there's these two Russian guys, uh, sailors, who were there and they're walking past and they start commenting on her clearly talking about her ass yeah. and uh, she <clears throat> fires right back yeah she turns around and she's you know you know and she just starts launching into Russian and he's like oh ouch yeah he's like this is too oh. awesome and she goes what and he says ouch that hurts and she says what he says you speak you know you, you speak, speak Russian, Russian? She says, yeah I picked up along the way and he's like oh that's Awesome. <laughs> she goes, what? You're well. No, he's like, oh, that's that's terrible. And she goes, well, you're intimidated by, like, you know, you're intimidated by my intelligence. And he goes, no, but I must destroy you now. And then she goes, no, and runs off, you know. And then it's like, Charlie, come dance with me, you know, kind of thing. And, <laughs> and then it's the sex. Yeah, and they have this wonderful thing. And then you know, they go back to her place, and it's a little, it's the awkwardness of dating and all of that stuff. And then they they finally get together and all that. And, yeah, so then we get the next morning with Rose and all well, that stuff. And, earlier. Yeah, and, uh, but in the middle of the night, she's like, Ralph! <laughs> He's like, honey, you were, you were talking about Ralph. You were saying Ralph. Mm-hmm. You know, like, who, who's Ralph? Mm-hmm. She goes, oh, she's my friend. She. Huh. Ralph. Huh. Ralph is she, and she's your friend. You know, that kind of thing. And so, <clears throat> but I mean, if you paid attention... She speaks Russian. She knows a guy named Ralph, who happened to be a plumber, yeah. who wound up dead. You know, there's a lot of and there's a lot of similarities to a Mrs. X. Uh-huh. You know, who marries and kills. So anyway, <clears throat> they're dating for a while, and uh, we get at one point where <laughs> she she goes, "Honey, there's somebody I want you to meet." Mm-hmm. And he comes downstairs, and there's. After a shower. Yeah, after a shower and he's well, in a actually, towel. No, it's uh, after the reconciliation. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. So then I'm getting ahead of myself here. Oh, well, we might as well go to the Ralph. Yeah, we can go to the Ralph scene. I mean, keep in mind, though, we are... After the first date is when we get the Alcatraz scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Alcatraz scene is the Phil Hartman scene. Yeah, and like I said before, you're going to get the entire audio, so... Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, you know, they, they get to Alcatraz, and they're, they're talking about the whole thing, and it's kind of neat because they, they ride out on a police boat, and they're standing out on the bow of it because poor Tony just wants... To be circumcised. Yeah, he, even, he, even, he even tells his boss at one point, you know... Why can't you be like the captain on Starsky and Hodge? 
You know where you come in and you haul me into your office and you bawl me out because you're sick and tired of defending my screwball antics to the commissioner? Why can't you do that? After and he goes into explanation. Yeah, it's like, it's like I don't answer. That's actually a sub. Yeah, I answer to a, a group, committee. A, a committee or a council, you know, and. He's like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, man. I, why can't you be more like, uh, you know, so-and-so on Barney Miller or whatever it was, yeah. you know? Abe Bogota. We'll just say Abe Bogota. Yeah. He wasn't the chief or anything. Just come in and, and ball you out, you know, for whatever it is. And so, uh, yeah. At least to some moments later where yeah. he, he makes his attempt. <laughs> where he comes busting in and he, you know, he's like. Hey, Paisan. You screw up one more time, I'm gonna kick your spaghetti bending buck back to Milan. Not now, not now. Was it too much with the ethnic slurs? No, it was fine, but it's not Paisan, it's Paisan. Ah. Hey, Paisan. And just tears him up, and then he's like, Was that was that too much? Did I go a little too much? He's like, a little bit. A little, little too bit. Much but on it was the ethnic slurs. A little too little too much there, but it, all in all was good. He's like, yeah, I felt like it was a little a little, a little strong, a little forced, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I felt it was forced too, babe. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so they, they, you know, there's that moments there that don't involve Charlie or anybody else, and it's it's pretty funny. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, they go to Alcatraz, they see, well, Vicky. Vicky. This is the main cell block area. Home to such famous criminals as Al Capone, Mickey Cohen, Joseph Dutch Fritzer. And Robert Stroud, the famous Birdman of Alcatraz. You know, Tony, this time it's going to be different. You know, if something strange happens, I'm just going to let it go. You know, it's not my business. For example, Ralph. She says Ralph in her sleep. So what? Ralph. This is the cell for solitary confinement that over the years had come to be known as Times Square. Make sure everyone gets a look. So who's Ralph? I don't know who Ralph is. And more importantly, I don't want to know. That's good. So did you and Harriet, you know, last night? All right, dirtbag. <laughs> All you have to know is that Harriet is a sweet, kind, and loving person. Well, that's good. That's nice. And yes, we did. All right. <laughs> Close it up. Close it up. Close it up. Now, this is something the other tour guides won't tell you. In this particular cell block, Machine Gun Kelly had what we call in the prison system a bitch. And one night, in a jealous rage, Kelly took a makeshift knife or shiv and cut out the bitch's eyes. Hey, you know another thing about Harriet I love? And as if this wasn't enough retribution for Kelly, the next day, he and four other inmates took turns pissing into the bitch's ocular cavities. This way to the cafeteria. Tony, I'm really happy. Please, don't let me screw this one up. I'll try. All righty. Thanks. Uh, you know, and they, they go through the whole tour and they talk about, you know, the... His ups and downs his ups, relationships yeah. and, like, he doesn't want to screw up with Harriet. Right. He basically tells Tony, like, if I seem like I'm about to do what I usually do, hit me. Yeah. Like, Stop. let me know. So, you know, moves forward. Harriet meets the family, which is another hilarious yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, they, they're really, really... 
good to one another, but that's where Charlie gets his the first doubt, inclination. His doubts are kicking in. Yeah, he's, he's starting he's, to figure something out. Like he's starting to freak out and like, oh, I'm getting too close to her, so I've got to, something's got to be like, wrong. During the, like his that visit with the family, he's in the bathroom and he knows his mom's newspaper. Yeah, and it's the Mrs. X article where he's like pinpointing stuff on. Oh crap! Yeah. So he goes to Tony, going like, uh, "I need you to investigate," and he's like, "Why?" He's like, "Just do it for a friend. Just do it for me." It takes him a little bit, and he's finally just reveals. I think Harriet's Mrs. X. Yeah, and, and he, he's like, "You're doing it again. <laughs> this is, you know, you're basically you're, 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 you're sabotaging you yourself do. again. Yeah. You know, she's not." And it's like he runs down the list of stuff that she does. You know, and all that. she she's got this martial arts shrine in her house, and she speaks Russian, and you know, he was a Russian martial arts expert, and she screamed out the name Ralph, and this yeah. guy's name, you know, it's uh, Ra- yeah, it's like really. So they go through that, and there's these there's these moments where they're together, and he's watching it again on TV. Like he kind of lets it go, and they're and the the ones that you really do love, the thigh master. Yes, the thigh master one is is one of my favorite scenes, and he's sitting there, he's reading the instructions, and he's using the thigh master, and I'm just laughing my ass off watching him read the instructions for a thigh master, which should be about a page long, yeah. half a page tops. Squeeze. Yeah, squeeze your thigh, squeeze your thigh. So. They're showing him, and he's doing that, he's doing that, doing that, and he's watching the news report, and it's like a current affair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about, you know, the Black Widow who marries and kills. More and blah, blah, blah. nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, and so they, they go into the whole story on that again, so now it's more validated. And in the middle of watching that, as he's just engrossed by the TV, his leg slips a little bit, and the thigh master goes flying across the room. But he doesn't even, it doesn't, he doesn't even acknowledge it. He's just like glued to the TV, and it's one of my favorite scenes. It's just so funny and random. <laughs> But she comes in later that night, and she's like, I made something for you. What is it? It's a health shake. And I made it especially for you. Try it. Well, you know? one of the things that they do mention in the current affair report is that po- poisoning is becoming yeah. the highest rising murder. Yeah, murder in, in the United States. Is by poisoning. Is by poisoning. And so, so of course, here comes she comes in. walking in with this drink that she's made him. And she's that like, health uh, smoothie. Yeah. And she's like, you, you try it. You know, he's like, here, try it. You know, I spent 20 minutes working on this. Yeah. And so he's like, "Mm, no, I just, you know, let's no, 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 no. You know, this and that. And so she, he won't try it. And she kind of like, he, he shuts himself in the closet. Yeah. yeah. I think he he was trying to go into the bathroom. Yeah. But he he goes into a clear door closet. Clear door closet where he's just kind of like, he won't make eye contact with her. And she's like, you know what? Fine. Fine. Yeah. You don't want to try to work 20 minutes on it. So what? Fine. So she goes away and then later they're in bed and he's trying to. You know, be silly with her, make amends with her, and it's not really working. And so there's this whole thing about... You know what I like best about you, Charlie? Is I can tell you anything in the world, and you don't judge me. Charlie, have you ever stood at the edge of a cliff or a subway platform with someone, and and you thought just for for a split second, what if I pushed him? No, not really. Usually I follow the... Judeo-Christian ethic of thou shalt not kill, yeah, but that's yeah, no, just I, me, I, you, know, you know. I know, I know, I'm just, just I'm me. just making a point of of how many times we trust other people with our lives. I mean, look at us, Charlie, look at us. We're sleeping, and look how vulnerable we are. And I could do anything to you in your sleep. What could you do? I don't know anything. You're lying on your side, totally asleep. I could just... Stick a needle in your... And she's like, oh my God, Jesus, Charlie, what was that all about? 
Yeah, and he tries to reconcile again with her there, and, you know, he can't, so... I had an earwig. <laughs> he, uh... He winds up splitting from her. Yeah, he, he does the preemptive strike, which, in these type of movies, yeah. I always hate those damn scenes. Mm-hmm. Mainly because, like, me going, like... She could kill me. Stop throwing away good pussy. I totally agree there because it's like I'm sitting here watching, like seeing the scene where he's like, uh, "I got to do preemptive strike," and it's like she can be uh, over me as I am asleep with an ice pick in my in her hand, pointing at me, and I'll I'll, I'll tough it out. I, 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 I've been through worse. They'll know, you know. <laughs> He he splits uh, from her and it goes back to him at the uh, the coffee shop. The co- yeah, the coffee cafe, coffee shop, cafe roads, and he's doing the same old woman. Oh man, yeah. But he starts getting his doubts through it out. Well, he the one thing he does is to bring closure to it at the end is he holds up the candle and he blows it out. Well, he doesn't blow out her candle. He sets it back down. Yeah, and runs off. Yeah, and kind does of, initial the initial like I'm sorry, I'm stupid, I'm an idiot. I I, I should never have done it. I should yeah. never have done it. She's like, nah. Close yeah. the door on him. So he, he tries, he tries, he tries, and then one night he comes outside of her window and he brings the the band from the whole band from from the uh, Cafe Roads. Harriet! Harriet! Hard-hearted harbinger of haggis. Beautiful bemused bellicose butcher. Untrusting. Unknowing. On love, Ed. He wants you back, he screams into the night air like a fireman going to a window that has no fire. Except the passion of his heart. I am lonely. It's really hard. This poem sucks. And it's, it's very sweet. And she takes him back, you know, and they're together. And then... Uh, this you know, gives of, us the introduction of Ralph. Right. We get the introduction of Ralph the next morning. He and comes down in the towel. Mike Myers nudity. Yes. And she's standing there and he goes, I wanted to introduce you to Ralph. And he's like, this is this Ralph? Is Ralph? Oh, we're so happy this is Ralph. That kind of thing. And he throws his arms around her and hugs her, and his towel falls off. Uh, and there he's standing there bare-assed, just pressed right up against her, and he's like, I'm naked. I'm naked right now. <laughs> really naked right now. Aren't I? And they're like, mm-hmm. And then as he's still standing there holding her, Ralph reaches down with one hand and squeezes his butt cheek. He's <laughs> 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 just a really, really funny scene. Tell one of your girlfriend's uh, friends. <laughs> so then it jumps ahead, and we're, you know, we're going to... The anniversary uh, party. Yeah, we're going to May and Stewart's anniversary party. And it's this beautiful, poignant thing, you know. Shut that! Happy, happy, happy. I'd like to uh, propose a toast to my wife, May. 30 years ago today, May and I were married. Some of you were there. Some of you weren't born. And some of you are now dead. But we both said I do. And we haven't agreed on a single thing since. <laughs> That's true. But I'm glad I married you, May. Because they could have been worse. <laughs> and besides, I still love you. 
<laughs> so uh, he, uh, you know, talks about how he much he's loved her. It's this beautiful, beautiful toast. And they're, so they're sitting there, and they're, you know, he's looking at Harriet, and they're watching everything, and he just turns her and goes, marry me. And she goes, no. No. And he goes, marry me, please? <laughs> and she's no. like, you know, no, no, this and that. Well, let's live together. We'll, we'll do all of yeah. this. Yeah. Her, her doubts so are she, probably. So yeah, she looks shocked and like, uh-oh, no. And so, you know, he he's like, I, I want to spend my life with you. And he just kind of pours himself out to her and they're sitting there and he's just kind of accepting the rejection. And all of a sudden she turns and goes, yes. Yes. I'll well, marry. it's after uh, his dad yeah, gives kid. another toast thanking him for the party. And exactly. And hopes he has the same happiness. Yeah. And enduring all of that applause and all that, she she accepts his proposal. They plan out the wedding. <laughs> yeah, the wedding. Yeah, the wedding. They're all in kilts. And another great uh, Stuart yeah, moment. Another great Stuart moment where everybody's getting drunk. And they got... Let's get pissed! They're at the uh, uh, reception. And they're dancing around, and Stewart's dan- you know, singing Rod Stewart to the bagpiper. <laughs> and the piper is getting drunk, too, and he passes out, and that's where you get that line, you know. And, you know, they're sitting there, they're doing their thing, and... and you know, Tony's like, I can't believe, you know, you did this. It's been great. You know, see, you, all of your fears you were, your yeah, you, all your fears were, were for nothing. It's no big deal. And then all of a sudden, Harriet starts singing, only you. English. Yes, in English. And, and then, then she switches to, I think Chinese. like, Chinese, and then, and then I think uh, she ends yeah. up with Russian. Yeah. Uh-huh. So she's singing, and they just kind of stand there like, yeah, whatever. Uh. So... They're sending them off on their honeymoon. They're going up to uh, the Jack Kerou- the place where Jack Kerouac stayed, I believe yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, Poets Corner. Yeah, something. Poets Corner. It's it's a famous hotel where a lot of poets would yeah. go to get their inspiration and things like that. And so they drive up the coastline. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool scene. Very, very cool scene. They're driving up the coastline. And uh, they, it's around that time that the reports start coming into Tony. That she might be Mrs. X. Yeah, because they uh, did have somebody in custody <clears throat> that said that she did the crime, yes, the uh, murders and everything. <clears throat> but then she started saying that she also killed JFK. Yeah, JFK and Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah, and all that so stuff. So she was a crackpot. <laughs> so she's nuts. Uh, anyway, so they they jump ahead and they the reports come back. Tony didn't really think too much about it, but the reports come back and it turns out she she might be the she person. Might she might be, be this person Mrs. that X. they're thinking about. So he's desperately trying to get get a hold of Charlie, <laughs> and so he calls the hotel that they're at. And it's, you know, during the big dinner and stuff like that. And uh, (laughs) they're sitting there and the phone gets cut off because of the electricity. There's a storm. There's a storm and the power goes out. And so, but in the middle of it, he's like, Harriet's Mrs. X. Harriet's Mrs. X. And he comes back to the table and he's all nervous. And she kind of gets an inkling that something's up. Yeah, something's up. She knows something. And yeah. They're not being, they can't get out of that room because everybody's like, oh, the honeymooners. Yeah, the honeymooners, they're putting them up in a chair and all this stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I got to get out of here. I think my wife's a murderer. And she's right there. Yeah. And she's like, come on, Charlie, let's go to our room. You know, and you're like, oh, shit, she's going to kill the hell out of him. And so mm-hmm. this is where we get the funny 
Tony's doing everything he can to get to her, so he charters a plane, where, which where is we talked about Stephen, Stephen Wright. Wright. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's, he's just, oh, no, 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 that's, that's the Groden that's, scene. That's the Groden scene, I'm sorry. Yeah. But he's just freaking out, you know, he's just freaking out on the flight because it's this little battered plane and there's some duct tape and, and stuff on it. And you got this guy sitting next to you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's just this white knuckle ride all the way up to, to the where, where they're getting. They had to land somewhere else, and so... He has to take a car the rest of the way in, and so when he gets out there, that's where he confronts Charles Grodin, and he's like, you know, I got to commandeer your car. You know, sir, I got to commandeer your car. Police police business. And he's like, no. No. No, no, I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> I know for a fact that you, you don't know. have the right to do that. <laughs> and he's like, can I commandeer please. your vehicle, please? Oh. No. <laughs> can I have so, a ride? Yeah, he's like, so he agrees to driving him, and the whole ride up there, Tony's like... Am I not doing that? Yeah, and he goes, can you mind not doing that, please? Very <laughs> distracting. The, the, the capper to that scene, too, is when they get to the hotel. And yeah. He's like, I may need to uh, bring somebody into custody. You mind sticking around? Before he even finishes the scene, the guy's <laughs> <He> drives <gone>. off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good. No. So no. he leaves, you know, and they, they get into the hotel, and now the, the door's locked. And she goes, I'm just going to slip into something comfortable, something a little more I got to tell you something, though. I gotta, yeah, but I got to tell you something first, Charlie. And so... She starts to explain what's going on, and he fights her into the bathroom and locks the door? Or is it the closet? Bathroom. No, it's no, a closet. No, no. It's closet. Is it a closet? closet? Yeah, it's a closet, because okay. he gets her into yeah. the closet, locks it, he starts to figure, try to figure out what he's doing, and then he notices a note on yeah. the counter. a note on the counter talking about how, you know... He, like he his, can't... He, but it's, it's too... Yeah, it's a suicide note. Basically, it's a suicide note, you know, and all this stuff, and he's like, what? Hurt. Yeah. And in his, uh, in his name. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden... We get the reveal. We get the reveal. It's Rose. Rose has been the psycho... The jealous the psycho life. sister who doesn't want to be it's without the, her sister. Doesn't want to lose her sister. <clears throat> and that leads to this, like you were talking about earlier, the slapstickness <clears throat> of just the roof battle. Oh, oh yeah. right. But there's that whole... <clears throat> it's the only time we get hard swearing in the film is when she goes to hit him with the, the axe. Mm-hmm. And whack! And he's right next to him and he goes, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, he's like, oh. So then he, that's where we get Phil's scene. Oh, yeah. So much. The scene that I like is, I don't think this had ever been done before. There's a part where she kicks him square in the balls. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, And to retaliate, he kicks her right in her muff. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, my God. I haven't yeah. heard that word used in fucking forever. I know. I love you for that. Thank you. I yes, appreciate so, that. When it comes to you, changing it up on dirty yeah. words. That, that's me. The only capper yeah. would have been if you would have referred to his balls as nards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah. And nards. Also, too, in that sequence of kickings, uh, we get a really cool fourth wall break. Right. That's right. right. Because, because when she boots him, uh-huh. he turns and looks right at the camera and is like. That just happened. Uh, <laughs> and then the and idea then he, pops into his mind. Yeah. Then he's like, huh? and he boots her right in the right, right in the muff, right in the muff. Yeah. And she goes, uh, and he gets a little bit of smirk. Confused, yeah. And he gets a little smirk and looks right at the camera. Like, <laughs> and that leads to more yeah. of the battle and oh, yeah. a really good uh, shot to the nards for him. So they yeah. they, they get out. They <laughs> get out on the roof and he's yeah, yeah he's up on the roof you know trying to to get away from her and and uh, it's raining. And that's about the time Tony breaks into the room, and Harriet's already in the closet, and you can hear the two of them fighting on the roof. Uh-huh. And, and he's not listening to that. He's lighting a cigarette, and he's like, all right, we're going to take this again. Now, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. I can either do it here getting his or downtown. Yeah, getting his Serpico moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
she's like, listen, listen, they're up on the roof right now. You have to help Charlie. You know, and so, uh-huh. it, you know, the fight happens up there. They're, they're duking it out and they're fighting like crazy. And uh, Charlie starts to slide off the roof and smashes his balls on the friggin' roof. <laughs> or nards. Or nards. Um, smashes his, his nards and balls and bits and pieces and junk uh, on the, one of the apexes of the uh, uh, windows. And, um, you know, about that time, Rose, she slips too. Mm-hmm. She falls and slides. And, you know, he's like, Rose! And he grabs her hand, you know. And she gets up on the roof too. And so does Tony. And they, they manage to get her down and all this stuff and arrest her. And So poor Rose is in the back of the police car. And you find out that, you know, you're not going to take her away from me. You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And she's a lot more docile now that she's, you know, cuffed and all that. And right. She comes down and there's just kind of that moment where Charlie and Harriet are standing there, you right. know, and they're like, oh, jeez, you know, like, whatever. It has its happy ending. Yeah. You know, and all that stuff. They, they they remain together, and, you know, she's, they have to go visit her from time to time and mm-hmm. things like that. But nonetheless, it, it turns out to be happily ever after. She's not Mrs. X after all, but yes, she was married. She was trying to tell him, yes, yeah. I had been married before, mm-hmm. and here's what happened. But she was not the murderer. Right, she was yeah. not the one who murdered him. You know, that's why she was afraid to marry him and things mm-hmm. like that. So, Well, there's a, there's a thing. You know, it's really funny. I think I, I found out where this is. Not dark comedy, but you want to know what this really offers itself to? Huh. It really needs to be a stage production. A comedy, oh, it's, it's, oh, it yes. is a, I think it's a classic comedy of errors, especially with all the things that are going on in the different characters, like Tony trying to get to him, you know, with this whole mis- uh, misconception. It's like, oh, oh my God, he's, he's going to get murdered. He's going to get murdered. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I think that's what it, um, it, it's unique. And I think, uh, I think if this was, I mean, uh, if you take out, I guess, the 90s saturation, I really think this movie would be a bigger success today than it was when it was originally released. It might be. It might be a little bit more appreciated. It might be a little more appreciated. I still, you know, it's, it's one of those things that because I've, I've seen it now and because I love it so much, right. I don't want to see it messed with. Oh, no, 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 you know, oh, no, 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 I'm not talking no, I totally, just like, I totally, pretend, uh, you know, pretend for a minute that it didn't get released back then. Yeah, that it's being released y- now. Yeah. I got you. I think, yeah. No, I don't, want, they don't want it redone. No, no. <laughs> I think, forgive me, I got defensive. Oh, no, uh, me too, buddy. Me too. But I, I think yeah. you, I think you're right. It would have, you know, depending on the right cast. Right. Maybe, you know, a little, little more, rec- uh, Little better rece- uh, received, yeah. Now than than maybe back then, yeah. Um, you know, people were still fickle about a lot of stuff. They were, and, they know, were. Uh, people mm-hmm. were angsty in the nineties. That's right. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, that's that's the term I throw around a lot. No, and that's that's it, true. It, no, yeah, no. But that, but the thing is, let's. I said I realized that the, a lot of that humor was in. I mean, you know, you look at shows like Daria and stuff like that. Yeah, Teen angst based, was based off that. You know, yeah. you know, and freaks and geeks. It was all. Angst was, I mean, that was the 90s thing. Yeah. If yeah. it wasn't extreme, it was angst. Right. You know, those were the things that ruled. It's kind of like, no, it's not hip. It's not cool to laugh. So, yeah. so I Married an Axe Murder loses it regardless of how freaking, you know, uh, hilarious it is. Which why they try to label it dark comedy because that was so popular. Dark theme. comedy was in. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, and, you know, with that being said, that's, uh, that's our take, our why not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I married an axe murderer. Yeah, and uh, uh, I would highly recommend it. I highly recommend it, and I, you know, I will say that if you have to, uh, you know, if you have a chance to look at this, and why not, man? Give it, give it a shot. Give it a shot. So, 
With that, um, I think we'll jump right into our rapid-fire recommendations. Hey, 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 hold it. One moment. I walk away for a couple moments with some stomach discomfort, and you guys want to just jump right over trivia right into the rapid-fire. Well, we both, before you left, we both said neither one of us knew what we were doing. By the way. Yeah. We're the ones who bitched about Phil being gone and how we couldn't do things with yeah. Phil being gone and yeah. all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really made a big difference, how didn't I? How far-fetched is it for us to bitch when you leave? Yeah. Okay. Touche. <laughs> Thank you. Anyways. Thank you, Nick. And You're welcome, sir. Cue the Night Court music. Trivia. Anyways, there, we talked about a lot of trivia already throughout this recording so yeah, but there are a couple of really key ones that are pretty yeah. damn funny one we kind of were discussing too was uh during the sequence where charlie was helping uh harriet at the butcher shop yeah during his little kookiness and everything nancy travis got distracted and chopped off her finger yeah the tip of her, finger. Tip of her middle finger yeah when she was cutting vegetables and uh they had local local doctor soda back on yeah, yeah oh, very my. interesting there yeah. my god hazard on the job yep. oh very um, what, another one we talked about a little bit. The soccer game that Stuart McKenzie tells Hid to turn on is a friendly match between the U.S. men's soccer team in Scotland that took place in Denver, Colorado on May 17th, 1992. Scotland won 0-1. to <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Well, that's generally soccer anyways. It comes right. down to a matter of, uh-huh. you know, who can do what in what amount of time. It's usually <laughs> a low-scoring game. <clears throat> and... Like I said, we did cover a lot here, so kind of to give you a quick wrap-up of the trivia, and something we usually like to talk about is some people that may have been up for the role, but for one reason or another did not end up with a role. Right, like, right. one was Sharon Stone. Oh, she was up for uh, Harriet. Yeah, but she, wa- she went to the studio asking to be able to play Harriet and Rose. Yeah, she wanted to which, play twins. Yeah, which in another person's hand would have been probably awesome. Right. But Sharon Stone, no. <laughs> and the studio agreed on yes. that, no. <laughs> and then uh, some people that were considered to play Charlie, which is really interesting, kind of shows you where the script probably was when it first went into like well, rotation. Uncredited is Mike Myers for writing on this, which I think he may have introduced the Scottish family aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. And said, hey, you know, like, why don't we do this? We'll do that, and you don't have to pay me any extra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the, some of the names that were originally thrown in were Chevy Chase, which would have been weird. Weird. Woody Allen. Ooh. Which would have sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks is funny. Yeah. He's very, very funny. And Martin Short. That may have been pulled off. That may, yeah, that may have been interesting. I think of the you know of those four, yeah. that I would have gone with Martin Short. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honestly, knowing what I know now, Mike Myers 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 could have been any better. Yeah, Uh, There couldn't have been a better choice. And I'm saying that coming off of a year talking about fucking Robin Williams. Yeah, Yeah. I know. So, yeah. Yeah, so... Any other tributes you guys wanted to throw out? No, no, I think we covered some good stuff. Did you know that Phil Collins' first acting gig was in 1983 on Miami Vice as a drug dealer? No, I didn't. Wow. Wow. Oh, you made a the trivia about this movie. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm but sorry. But that's a good piece of trivia. Okay, okay. That will come in a couple months when we hit uh, Miami Vice on our Why Not TV editions. Yeah, there we okay. go. Fair enough. That's good. Yeah. I hope you weren't going to say a Why Not for the movie edition. Yeah. Oh. That belongs in the Why. Yeah, that it does. pile. But uh, with that being said, that was the trivia. So now, let's go into the rapid fires. <laughs> <laughs> 
And what are we doing for the rapid fire, uh, Phil? Uh, we are doing a rapid fire of recommended movies with Michael Myers. I so, guess that would probably Halloween. cover Halloween's one and two. Because he's yeah. wearing the mask, should we yeah. include Star Trek? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. He's uh, not number three. I think what our partner in crime meant. Yeah, is Mike. Yeah. Mike Myers. Mike Myers, my bad. No worries. So, Michael's the proper name, right? Yeah, it is the proper name, yes. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like you know, his friends call him Mike, I call him Michael. So, <laughs> we want to go two-piece? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll fire our two-piece. Sure. Right. Sounds good. Uh, mm. Since this was your... Your choice. You, you go ahead and go first. Yeah. Oh, well then I'm going to f- jump right in to Mike Myers in Austin Powers. No. International Man International of Mystery. International Man of Mystery. Uh, you can actually... Well, we'll stick with International Man of Mystery. Yeah. I, <laughs> I absolutely love... Not only do I love Austin, who is just such mm-hmm. a great 60s character, but... Uh, Doctor Evil is one of oh, the yeah. best characters that's ever been put. One of the greatest film. villains. Yes, one of the best creative. Yes, he's, comedic he's villains. Hilarious, and I absolutely love everything about him. And uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll go with Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Well, that was good. That was good. That's one of my. So basically, if you're recommending International Man, Man of Mystery, you're pretty much recommending that entire franchise, aren't you? I well, no, no. I'm a gold I'll, member. I'll let you. I mean, oh, okay. I recommend the entire franchise. Yes, uh, you will. So, well, I, well, I just I don't say wanna... gold member. Yeah. But the reason I like gold member is because you get some really great turns with Doctor Evil. In that, that is very yes. true. And there's a fantastic sequence that flashes back to when they were in school. And the My kids, the, the younger guys, they had that played Austin and Doctor Evil were great. Were spot on. Them. I think the main thing with me with Gold Member is the the fourth wall breaking of it, oh. where it's they're making the film. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's the thing that I was like. Rah. I didn't mind it. Yeah. No, I felt like it was Danny DeVito is yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, assholes! Yeah. Yeah. And Tom, oh, and Tom Cruise. Shall we shag now or? Shagley. Yeah. yeah. Bing! I mean, I like that. So, what? what well, I guess ever... I guess my recommendation for I guess if uh, well for 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 Austin Powers, I guess it would have to be the second. Mm-hmm. You know, the second because I uh, the, the spy that shagged me. The spy that thank yeah. you. The spy that shagged me. Uh, who shagged me uh, for uh, basically the creation uh, of um, of Fat Bastard. Oh, you know, dude. you know, just with all that Scottish, you know, he, he wears that Scottish. I ain't no baby, you know. I just, I <laughs> love it when he first things first. Where's your shitter? Yeah, oh, I've got a totally head broken. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, and especially the whole part where um, Jesus Christ, he's yeah. wee tiny. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, you kind of look like a baby. Oh, I want my baby back, baby back, baby that back. Movie? Oh, yeah. oh my God, that character just fucking. Oh, me. and that's where Mike Myers first pulls off three. Characters, the and three then helps the ante in the fourth by doing, or in the third film by, by, by doing, doing gold member. Yeah. But you know, he he added more to it. But that was the first time with the three. Yeah. And fat bastard, uh, God bless him. Oh, with fuck you, fuck me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you kiss your mother with that mouth? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. So I farted. <laughs> that's what I laughed so fucking hard in the movie theaters. And I thought I have to get in touch with someone myself. And then. Sorry, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who am I kidding? Yeah, I'm oh, kidding. Right. That, now that right there, that's probably, that's a love letter to his father right there. That's oh, got to be something that's so such funny. a love letter to I Yeah, I agree with you. So, so there we go. Uh, this by who shagged me. For my first rapid fire, it's going to be kind of a bit roll. It's mm-hmm. going to be uh, his uh, 
I guess cameo in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, oh, there you go. Great English accent in that too. Yeah. Great English accent in that. He plays kind of the uh, the planner behind, like <laughs> pitching the idea of the Inglorious Bastards and the attacking Hitler. Let, letting the, the higher ups know what's going on and everything, yeah. and it's like the <clears throat> bastards are going to fly in behind enemy lines uh-huh. and everything. And it was right after Love Guru too. That Jeb. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. One of the ones we won't recommend. Yeah, right. that one is another future why. Yeah, but he he did the smart thing with this by going, okay, I just did Love Guru. Nobody liked this, so I'll do this cameo and this Tarantino movie. Right, since Tarantino likes to uh, shine up uh, turds a little mm-hmm. bit yeah. after mm-hmm. Love Guru. Unfortunately, Mike had a little bit of turd sheen to him, but um, Glorious Bastards is just awesome all around, Fair and his, his cameo in that is brilliant. I'm going to. Stay right down the middle of the road, because I had these ad, uh, advertisements and posters all over my wall mm-hmm. when the movie came out, uh, and it is such a strong part of my childhood with my friends and things like that, and we quote it all the time, which I'm going to stick with. Shaw, Wayne's World, Party Time, Excellent. Excellent. Swing, swing, swing. Such a great sequence on Saturday Night Live that turned into a really good movie franchise. Yeah. And that's all I really need to say about that. That's so, good. Yeah, well, I totally agree. Over to you, Phil. All right. Well, uh, this one is... Uh, you guys are probably going to think I'm crazy. But uh, I would recommend Cat in the Hat just because... You're of what, crazy. What, <laughs> a, what a spectacular train wreck it is. Unfortunately. But the, what makes it entertaining is the fact that Mike Myers is a cat. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just... I enjoyed him. I enjoyed it. You know know the story behind why he had to make that movie, right? Well, what what is the story? They were going to make a Sprockets movie. Oh, Sprockets. Oh, my God. And he refused to do the movie because it was lackluster quality. He did not want to produce a movie and be a part of a movie. That's going to suck. So the studio sued him and out of the court settlement forced him into Cat in the Hat. Wow. So basically, he did it not to lose all that money. Mm-hmm. He did it so he could, yeah, save his ass. Yeah, no, I see. So, Which you, well, gotta, you know what? That's fine. That's I'm, not his fault. I'm, I'm rather. I'm happy I'm with glad that. that we saw Cat and Hat as opposed to Sprockets. Sprockets. Oh yeah. I loved Sprockets on Saturday. But it's like, a good sketch. Yeah, it's a great sketch. It's not, not a movie. It's not a great movie. So it wouldn't mm-hmm. be a good movie. Okay, so... So how about yours? um, To wrap everything up, uh, I'm going to talk about his uh, first foray into the dramatic world. Okay. Oh, is that that Irish one? No, uh, his time in doing uh, 54. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, 54. He played the studio owner. Yeah, yeah, he played the owner of Studio 54. And everybody was like... Mike Myers is going to do a freaking dramatic role? And this is like one of the early, like, modern, I guess, Mm -hmm. comedic actor... Doing a wasn't he jumping off, just jumping off International Man of Mystery? Um, no, it no, was, was right before. Just before it was just no. before it. No, it was actually after. It was. Yeah, be- I told you. It was before Spy That Shagged Me. So oh, he was thought... just coming after International Man of Mystery. So he had some. Yeah. He had some uh, clout about him and things like and that. He and wa- he wanted to take a risk, and that was a good one. It's it was a big a... cast and everything, and for him to take that kind of a risk to, I guess, best wrap it up is kind of a good way to define why not. You take a risk. And you watch the movie. Yeah. And honestly, I, I thank you guys for letting me run forward with this one. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this this is this is one of my favorite comedies of all time. And if you have a moment, if you pass it, if you if you go by and you pick it up, or if it's in a five dollar bin or something like that, picking it up. Now. Whatever it is, wherever you might find it, why not? Look at the size of that boy's head. Shh. I'm not kidding, it's like an orange on a toothpick. You gotta give the boy a complex. Well, that's a huge noggin. It's a virtual planetoid. Shh. 